themselves. Many times they're from those communities. They yeah. were born and raised in those right. communities. So they have a heart for it automatically, but they also understand the dynamics of the community. And, and those are the kind of things that you have to know about. And there's nothing better in a community than to have someone that is from that community no to, 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 to become the eyes and ears for God to to move forward. You're listening to the Send Columbus podcast, a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Sin City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips. Welcome back to the Sin Columbus podcast. My name is Jason Phillips, your Columbus CPC. I am joined by the Chad Grigsby. Chad, welcome. Nice to see you, Jason. Good to see you too. And yeah. we have an awesome guest today. An awesome guest. Very, very awesome guest. A good pal of ours. Yes. And your real name, your official name is Reginald. That is correct. I, which I feel like is very regal. Yes, it is very regal. Well, you the know. And look at him. Reginald. He's so regal. You can't yeah. see, but he's wearing like a suit jacket, and he's got these dope glasses. So My my, my mother always said, whenever <laughs> you go someplace, you're supposed to make sure you represent. So yeah. I'm just thinking about her now. And oh, you no. do that yeah. well. Yeah. What would yeah. Reggie's mom think about me? Hey. <laughs> I look like a bomb. Yeah. Uh, she would do what she does all well. She would do it all the time. You are very blessed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Reggie Hayes, welcome to the podcast. Thank yeah. you all for having me. I'm certainly uh, happy to be in uh, this studio and uh, looking forward to having a conversation uh, with with you gentlemen today. Yeah, and thanks. Well, we wanted to start off. We uh, before you kind of got into vocational ministry, you were involved in politics. Is that right? So, can you tell us a little bit about that, and then kind of how you got into vocational ministry? As far as I can remember, I've always had an interest in uh, the political arena. In fact, if you were, were talking about my mom, and you know, um, she's gone now, but you know, even in the household, I was involved in family politics. I was always mm. trying to. Uh, scheme my way out of uh, getting punished. So you know, I started early on and I learned my craft at home. But how did but, you, but, how did you, what, what, what techniques did you employ uh, well, trying to get out of punishment? You, you know, as a young, as a young character, to be honest with you, and I hope I'm not giving any ideas to any young folks. <laughs> you know, the best way of doing that is to always blame it on the next person. <laughs> I was good at blaming it on the you next person. I mean, that basically is politics, yeah. right? Yeah. Did you, know, did, you, you know. did you have brothers and sisters that made that easy or well you know no i had uh, a lot of brothers and sisters okay. there was a total of 15 over wow. uh, over my over my lifestyle wow. uh, lifespan but uh my parents had 10 i was number 10 wow. of the birth and they somehow because it just wasn't enough of us they went out and adopted five more so wow there was 15 and 13 of us are still living right now oh my and, goodness and uh, so it really was a, a it would really was a political um, household when it came down to discipline because yeah. um, while everybody else would just take their their punishment and it'd be over and done with I would um, <laughs> I would be thinking about how to negotiate how to get it off of me how to <laughs> get someone else involved so that they could take my licks you know it just wasn't an easy thing and, yeah. and you know my my siblings would always say Reggie why don't you just go ahead and just take it it's over and done with somehow it just didn't seem that way to me you know that that, <laughs> that, awesome. that, that just didn't work out so you so. came by politics naturally and yeah, you ended up yeah. uh, in the Ohio Senate right well I, I actually went to Ohio State University and uh, I was uh 
two of my uh, roommates at Ross. Um, those that may be listening may remember back in the old days, and still may be called the name same places. Uh, Ross, um, uh, Moral Towers, Ross House. Yeah. Uh, they overlooked the stadium, and you know, back in the day, and wow. And uh, two of my roommates uh, decided to uh, run for president and vice president of the Ohio State University student government. Yeah. And uh, uh, they they won, and uh, they asked me would I come on and become a part of the cabinet. So I was, um, at, at the time, we call it minority affairs now, but at the time it was called black affairs, and so I became the director of black affairs at Ohio mm. State University yeah. while I was a student. So I got to do that, and from there, uh, you know, uh, I naturally uh, – just so interested in what I was doing, I went down and uh, became a page for uh, a state senator at the state capitol building. And uh, after I became a page and upon graduation, um, uh, instead of going right into the state capitol, I went home and was on city council in Ashtabula, Ohio, for yeah. two terms. And and after that? after that, I uh, was asked by then the minority leader of. Ohio Senate Harry Michelle from out of Youngstown, Ohio. I hope I'm not shouldn't be given bad shouldn't give names. I hope I'm not You're bad good. Give names. Uh, no, it's fine. Harry Michelle, he gave me a call. He said, Reggie, we need you down here in Columbus. We really want you to come in. And so I uh, it was time for me to leave Ashtabula and, and I came to the Ohio Senate and that's where I was for the next many years. And yeah. and I started out there as a as an aide in the caucus in one of the uh, Senate caucuses and and uh, I worked myself from an aide to deputy chief of staff, and and my last position was chief of staff in the Ohio Senate Democratic Caucus. And so, uh, a couple things happened there. I was the first African American become uh, chief of staff of any one of the caucuses. Uh, there's two caucuses in each. Uh, legislative body so you have the democratic caucus you have the senate caucus i mean the the, the uh, republican caucus in the senate and then you have the same over in the house of representatives for the state of ohio so yeah. i was the uh, first to become first african-american become a chief of staff and so uh, that was fun we, was we were in the yeah. minority and so we didn't really do get a lot of things uh, done we were we were then the minority but it honed my skills and i got a chance to really see how things work on the, in the legislative body, and and it was fun, and uh, um, you know, it, it, you know, I still go back and folks that are still there all these years, and and um, you know, it's 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 a big deal. One of the things that I, you know, when you when you're in the legislative body and you don't do things the way that some people want you to do, they either like you or they don't like you, and so. Uh, I've got on both sides of the spectrum. Some people don't like me because they say, Reggie, you did all of this for all of these years to go into ministry. You <laughs> wasted a position. You were supposed to either be a lobbyist or you were supposed to be a congressperson, and you wasted a position. Yeah, I said, but no. they don't know that the church is actually very similar they to They don't get it. <laughs> they don't get it. Like, if they were only in it for 10 minutes, they would say, oh, yeah. there's you, not a difference. You, yeah, you yeah. haven't navigated a yeah. deacon's yeah. meeting, there you man. Go. If you, if there you, you go. Know. There you go. You if, they well only knew, if they only knew. But that's really how it happened and. uh you know, one of the stories, and I know we'll move on, one of the things that I really talked to God when he was making the transition for me, I said, no, Lord, I I really am here because I'm supposed to be your eyes and your ears and your mouthpiece 
to really help folk here know who you are. Mm. And clearly it wasn't audible, but it was like it was audible because mm. I really struggled with God to, to do what he wanted me to ultimately do. He said, no, Reggie, you're not here because you're my mouthpiece. You're here because I'm preparing you for what I'm really going to do with your life. Wow. And I didn't understand it then, but in the last couple of years, because I've been in particular things in the, in the uh, body of Christ, yeah. I can really see that what he said, what I heard, it yeah. really came to fruition. So, so yeah. that's, yeah. that's a big piece for me. To, yeah. To, Cause you, you served as the vice president of the SCBO. You've served as the president, the president, yeah. Mr. Yeah. President. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so you've had various different denominational yeah. roles. Now you're working yeah. with the SCBO that's and, right. and you also work with us, which we'll get into a little, right. a little that's bit right. later that's and right. kind of a, that's right. a part, that's right. not a part time, but a, just a relationship we have partnering together. And in so. all those places, yeah. it's, it, it really comes down to being a people person. You right. Know, you really right. have to be able to understand, um, what it is to communicate and to navigate uh, other human beings, and and uh, it 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 is something that you know really God gives us a gift. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, it is really something. So you you wear a lot of hats. One of them is your pastor. You said uh, United Faith International. That's right. How long have you been there now? I have been at United Faith International since two thousand and. Um, And I actually became pastor in 2004. So we've been riding uh, as pastor there for a little while. We are in a community. We're actually in a fork in the road uh, to the um, east of us is some of the most affluent areas in the city. But to the west of us is some of the most um, poorest areas in the city. And obviously anybody that knows me, though, that my affinity moves toward those areas that really have a need. I just, I just feel God's gifting to me is to be helping folks to understand who he is by assisting in those areas that they need, that they have the greatest needs in. So I have fun doing that. I have fun um, um, working with larger organizations such as LifePoint, um, um, church, uh, who partners with me. We just finished doing a partnership where, uh, the members of life point church brought in, uh, clothes and underwears and toiletries and asked us, will we make sure they got into the, uh, you know, there's a homeless, um, shelter that caters to families. Yeah. And so we were able to make that bridge for, Churches like Life Point, and is that ministry close to your church location? It, it is in the urban community, okay. so okay. it's all relative speaking. Yeah, but right. we we do a West Side ministry. Okay. And we've been okay. doing it for ten years, so we have associations yeah. with all of those type yeah. of ministries. And so right. it's just a matter of a call, and the call is really who needs it most. And so right. we get it, we get it to them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you just took a role at SCBO too. So what exactly are you doing there? My role is um, convention relations, community uh, development and leadership. Mm. And what that entails is obviously uh, Ohio um, has, is a 11 million populated state. Um, and of that 11 million, uh, 20% are people of color. Mm-hmm. And over and above the 20% of people of color outside of the 11 million um, 
uh, population, 2,900,000 people are in the rural areas. So a part of my responsibility is not only to develop and to coordinate and to be relational with uh, African Americans and Hispanics and uh, Indians, uh, Indian population and the Asian population, but also to get into the rural areas so that many times the rural churches, which are really a, a good backbone for, uh, for the faith community, you know, they get out there and, and sometimes they just don't see um, the convention as much as we would like them to. And so my role is because I have an affinity. I'm from a rural area. I grew up on a, uh, in a place that just became a uh, city just about 10 years ago. It just became incorporated. So we were in a very small city that I grew up in. And so I have an affinity for that. And so yeah, I, yeah. I, I relationally, I'm, I'm, it's very easy for me to talk with pastors out there and all they want to know is they just want to know that somebody's thinking about them and yeah. somebody can pray yeah. for them yeah. and the needs that they may have, which are many times not that, that large to, to, to get in there and help them with it. So I do that constantly. And so it's not a hard um, bridge to cross to, to be relational. Um, last week we uh, in Southeastern Ohio, we began in Pomeroy um, first Baptist church in Pomeroy to Frankfurt, Ohio, which is probably about a two-hour two distance. And we, we stopped at churches, and we just prayed in the parking lot. Didn't even let them know we were coming. We prayed in their parking lots, and we asked wow. the Lord to just to, to give them what they needed to be great examples. I mean, if you get down there in some of those areas, you have, areas you have a lot of youth that, um, because it's already blighted in many ways, you have a lot of youth that are really, uh, struggling, and so we just uh, we pray that that the Lord would touch in a mighty way the ministries to be able to reach out to the youth and, and to leave a legacy for the next generation, so that those churches can still remain stable and strong going into the 21st century that we're I mean, going further into the 21st century that we're in. Yeah, yeah. you talked about minorities um, and 20 percent uh, of Ohio being majority peoples. That's kind of one of the things that I think connected you and I yeah. initially was this burden, especially for Send Columbus, for Send Network in Columbus, to have more of a representation of our city, yeah. right? Uh, Urban Columbus is 30% yeah. African-American, uh, and yet we don't have a single African-American planter in our network. That's right. And so that was a burden, I think, yeah. that we shared yeah. Uh, and uh, that we got connected about. And so we've kind of been able to partner together. And why do you think planting urban churches, especially in the African-American community in Columbus, why is that so important, you think, Reggie? Chad, I mean, it was a dream come true when we had this opportunity to to sit down and talk about planting churches in the urban community. Um, you know, the, the needs are, I mean, planting is done throughout Ohio. And and you and your partners are doing phenomenal jobs here in Ohio. But in the urban community, you know, when we look at planting churches, we really have to look at the demographics. We really have to look at the structure of what's going on. We really have to look at a lot of different pieces. And it takes individuals to be able to understand those different pieces in yeah. order to pour into the kind of people that have a heart for it. Anybody someone may say can pastor, but 
it really has to be a God thing and it has to be something that God has placed on their heart. And even there, there has to be folks that come alongside that help them to know that what God has placed them, that it is doable because now you have other folks that's going to help pour into you to get it done. And that's the way it is in the urban community. We live in communities where 70% of the households are ran by single female mothers who have four and five children. And we can't fault that mother for having to limit her time and what she can and cannot do. And sometimes the churches are on not on the receiving end of that because she's got so many things to do and she just got to get it done. But when it comes down to the, the, the correct pastor to start a church in those communities, they know how to sift through and help those mothers and those families and those individuals in those communities because many times they're from those communities. They yeah. were born and raised in right. those communities, so they have a heart for it automatically, but they also understand the dynamics of the community, and, and those are the kind of things that you have to know about. And there's nothing better in a community than to have someone that is from that community no to, 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 to become the eyes and ears for God. To, to move forward. Um, yeah. An in, indigenous in church planter is makes all the difference. It's a big key. It's a big, big key. key. It's a big key. And uh, that that's why I'm so thrilled on it is because my, my thoughts is that if we can identify people that God has already called and they just don't know it yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to call out yeah, the call yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that, that's it, man. Yeah. But once they get it, yeah. man. Yeah. No one can do in those communities what they can do. No doubt. Because they're living, they've lived what they're going to do. And so it just becomes much easier and becomes easier for everybody that's involved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we're really appreciative of, yeah, our partnership with you just because we... We wanted to be in those communities. We want to be, but it's it's been difficult to get into those those spaces. And so, having a connector, somebody who like yeah. can connect us with those kinds of people, right. has been really really key. You mentioned relationships earlier. You know, that's that's the key, isn't it? To have those relationships, have those connections, and you've been a huge part of that. So, yeah. it, it's it's important. I mean, yeah. you know, just think about it. Anybody can think about it. If you don't have a relationship with something, you, you, you you're never going to give to fully see your vulnerabilities mm-hmm. or to be completely authentic with them right. until there is a relationship established. And that can happen over the course of time where relationships can be built, but it's never better than to have someone who is a native of the community to yeah. come back in and do uh, work for God and, and start a ministry because they come in with so much uh, right off the bat, that would take time to build in other situations. Yeah, so. and two, you know, if you love a community and it's your community, you don't have to convince somebody yeah. to stay there, to work there, to to invest there. Yeah. They want to do that, yeah. and I think it makes all the difference. Yeah. Uh, so. Even with the hardships, yeah, even absolutely. with the terrible, Especially and, with the and, hardships, and there right. are so many hardships. You know, yeah. I tell yeah. some folk who don't get what we do many times, I say, look, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. Most people <laughs> question why Sorry. I'm a Cleveland Browns. You're, you're acquainted with grief, aren't you, brother? I'm acquainted with grief. 
But I'm a Cleveland Brown fan. First of all, I'm yeah. from Northeastern Ohio. Secondly, yeah. I believe that they are a good team. Um, thirdly, I think what a wait, 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 you coach, think they're a good team? I think, uh, yeah, I think they're a good team. You know, sometimes you have gyms that have not been washed and polished yet, and, and they're just they're just waiting to get washed. The diamond in the rough. And, and the then, there the you rough. go. And then you have folks that come in and don't do a team right, and so we're just waiting for all the ingredients to come together. But yep. I am a Cleveland Browns team now. I don't have a problem with folks being against Cleveland and 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 they don't have and they and they, you know, really talk about it. But there's a certain place that they can't go. And you're gonna see me chime in. Wait a minute now. Hold on now. Now you can say this, you can say that, but don't <laughs> that's my team. I, yeah. They may be a losing team right now, but that's my team and you can't say this and you can't say that. And I really I'm serious about that. Right. It's the same way in the urban communities when we're starting churches. When you have a person that's indigenous to that community and they raise and they start and they begin ministries and they're uh, uh, interacting with 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 folk in that community they are going to become natural protectors of that community. It's going right. to be things that they're not going to let other folks, even if they have the best of intentions, because they understand the dynamics. They know right. it intently. Right. And so they're going to be the protectors of that community, and they're going to make sure that because they have an ability, an innate ability to know when things are coming down the pike that may not be so good, even though you most folks can't see it, they're going to be that person they're going to stop many of that, yeah. much of that from happening yeah. before it yeah. even gets started. Yeah. That's why it's so important it's to raise up men who have a connection, a natural connection to the communities that they're going to be in. No doubt. Mm, that's no good. Doubt. So as we kind of close, what are some of the things that you're hoping and praying for for the city of Columbus and the urban areas? You, you know, my, my prayer is that... Um, There will be in the urban community, especially for, and, and, and I may get some calls and make it some letters, <laughs> but for the, for the Southern Baptist Convention, that there will be some real big wins in the urban communities. I believe the Southern Baptist Convention is a God-sent organization for a time such as this. And I think that um, if we can raise up churches that come under the mantle of Southern Baptist with the resources and with the abilities to really grow and to nurture and to love people and to bring people who don't yet know who Jesus is to him, if we can nurture that up and do the things that need to be done, then, you know, we're going to have some real wins yeah. in Columbus as well as all of Ohio, in central Ohio no as doubt. well as all of Ohio. Right. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm gung-ho with the partnership and mm -hmm. working with you, uh, Chad and Jeremy, and, and the rest of the, 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 the SIN team on on raising up churches in the urban community because I think it's for such a time as right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we're really excited, thankful. I'm really grateful for your role at the SCBO. I think they made a really great decision in bringing you on to do that. Thankful for, for just your longevity uh, as a pastor and what a testimony that is and the chance that we get to work together. That Panera Absolutely. down at Easton, 
That's becoming holy. Hey, That's becoming holy ground, hey, man. Reggie. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> we we met there. We met there several times yes, meet, meet with church yes, planters. It's it's holy ground, That's man. A, God's listen, doing listen. some stuff. Hopefully, at some point in time, they'll know our names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, I got one more question. Okay. When do you sleep? <laughs> when do I sleep? Yeah. When do you sleep? Because I, you keep on. You have so many different things going yeah, on. I'm you, like, how you, does he even have you, time you, to do you, anything? You know, I didn't even talk about my family. Shame on me. But yeah. my family is the other important part of me, and so I really don't take on any more than than than, than my ministry and then my family, my grandchildren. They are all important yeah. uh, to yeah. me, and so I spend as much time as I can with outside of my ministry with my family. But you know, man, to be honest with you. I'm only those five-hour, four-hour kind of guys, and and I've tried it, man. I've tried to go to bed at ten o'clock at night, saying, "Okay, well, this will give me just that much more energy," but it never fails. That around three in the morning, you're up. I'm up again, and yeah. I can't go back to sleep. Yeah. And so, you yeah. know, <laughs> I do probably about twelve, twelve thirty, maybe one o'clock, and I'll get into bed, and then uh, my alarm goes off at five, and I'm ready to go at it again. So, yeah. I thank yeah. God for that. I yeah. thank God for giving me that energy. It, clearly is him to be able to do that so before we let you go we share a really good common friend that i wanted to give a shout out to willie jacobs yes sir so willie was here in ohio that's right came down to memphis tennessee that's right. ended up in arkansas in little right. rock and i worked with willie on the church planting team right. in arkansas for three years right. and he's a dear friend of yours that's right that's and right. i think the world of willie that's right. uh he he uh He's been so encouraging to me, gracious with me, prayed for me, encouraged me when I was doing just cutting my teeth in church planting. So just a shout out to Willie Jacobs, man. Good you know, guy. Willie, Willie is my friend. We talk periodically about uh, many, many different subject matters. But, you know, Willie is the person that when he came to Ohio, he really knows how to encourage people mm-hmm. he has a knack god sent him at the proper time i mean listen i was one of those persons that was saying man i ain't doing this no more forget you all i'm going to do my own thing and willie would always come around at the <laughs> right time at the, just when i'm getting ready to make a a dumb move he said you know reggie reggie come on go doc, look at look, yeah. hey doc. that's it and, <laughs> Especially when we get on a common ground uh, where it's a happy point. Yeah. Doc, man, doc, doc, doc. So, so yeah, Willie, Willie uh, is indeed a pleasure a to brother. be a friend. And, yeah. and uh, we even talk now about a lot of the different things. And, yeah. you know, you have a kitchen cabinet. Everybody has a kitchen cabinet. And so Willie's a part of my kitchen cabinet. We don't talk every day. But when I really need to have something clarified, you know, Willie is, is one of my go-to yeah, people. He's a so, great yeah, brother. He's, he's a good man. D- did some great work in, uh, in Arkansas among, uh, African-American church planting there in the Delta specifically. And that's what kind of the Lord put on my heart is why not Columbus? Yeah. You know, why, why not we see a movement of God here? Like, like the, that God used Willie to do there. So I'm hopeful. Well, as we leave out of here, man, I tell you, man, I believe and anybody that knows me, I believe that Ohio, and this may be a little bit prejudice for folks that, that may be <laughs> no, listening in other states. <laughs> I think Ohio is a bellwether state, and yeah. I think God yeah. is getting ready to do something that is not just for Ohio, but it's going to be for, I believe, at least the Midwest or even the whole United States. Yeah. And I just believe God is working it out, and I've been saying it. This is not something I just started yesterday or or last year, I've been saying it for years that God is making Ohio the place that is going to um, be rich 
harvesting. And so we, we, we continue to be just a part of that. Yeah. Thank God for that. Yeah. Excited to be a part of it here too. Yep. Well, thanks again for joining us. It was great to have you and hopefully we'll get you back here again sometime soon. Gentlemen, thank you for what you do and, uh, may God bless you all and, and, uh, um, and continue to encourage you all to do the work that you're doing, which is so important. Thanks, Reggie. Thanks. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.